Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week I'm going to be doing a rerun of the episode with Lizzie from the House of Timber. Her original episode was episode 60. I haven't really done a rerun episode in quite some time, uh, so I thought I'm in the process of doing a bunch of interviews right now, so I thought I would give myself some time to get those all completed and uh, give you guys one of my favorite episodes that I have done. Um, Lizzie and little baby crew who also participated in the interview. But before we get into this, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Laura, the Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, made by Mary Lou, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly, Reclaimed Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing support of the podcast. If you are loving the podcast, please stick around to the very end so you can find out how you can support the podcast in a bunch of different ways. All right, no further ado, here is Lizzie and crew of the House of Timber. Okay. (laughs) Hi, crew. She's so stinking cute. I know. She's obsessed. <laughs> she's obsessed with seeing herself. So she thinks it's like she's really discovering that there's this other baby in the mirror that's really fun to play with. And it's the funniest thing. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, I will expect probably my kids will burst in more than just then. So forewarning, oh, yeah. forewarning for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Lizzie, why don't we get started with giving an introduction of yourself, though I'm pretty sure probably everybody who listens to the podcast (laughs) knows who you are, but just in case. (laughs) Well, I am Lizzie. I belong to the House of Timber. I specialize in hand-cut scroll saw logos and some baby goods. Those are my two main things. And I'm now doing that with a little mini crew who is four months old. And you can find us at the House of Timber on Instagram. Yes. Um, and should be forewarning that, like, anybody who wants to be done having babies should not watch your stories until crew grows up to be bigger. Yeah, she definitely is not good for the baby fever or birth control because she's literally an angel and she's cried three times since we brought her home. So, good luck. <laughs> I don't want to jinx myself. I've been keeping, I'm like, oh, you know, she's a good baby. It's been going good. But when in reality, it's been going really, really good. Very, I was preparing for the worst 
because I'm like, man, mm -mm, this is going to be awful. I'm never going to get anything done. <laughs> While I move at a much slower pace, she's getting accustomed to the maker life. So it's nice. been awesome. Nice. Well, you kind of trained her right. I mean, she heard all those sounds and stuff like in utero. Mm -hmm. So she's prepared. She she sleeps best to a scroll saw. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go back way back before uh, crew was even a uh, sparkle in your eye and talk about <laughs> how you uh, grew up. Like, where did you grow up? What what kind of things were you interested in as a kiddo? So I am actually from Kansas. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. I was born there. I went to school in Goddard, Kansas through ninth grade. I had a little bit of an odd upbringing, which I mean, I'm very honest about that. You guys all know me. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness and it was a little bit, it was a little bit strange. So my nights and activities, they weren't filled with, you know, school activities or sports. That wasn't something that happened. And your friends were a little limited. And now I'm sounding like a really sad child. And I promise my childhood wasn't all sad. But I have loved crafting, I think, because of a little bit of the isolation. I've loved just making things myself. And I really do, when I look back, I think that it's all kind of spurred from just my life in general. So my favorite thing to watch was not cartoons. It was the Carol Duvall craft show. And if anyone remembers this, we're best friends because no one remembers this older lady who would teach these crafts and stained glass and handmade cards. And I just, I watched every episode of her craft show religiously. And I've always, always loved that. So there's Lizzie as a kid. That's what I was doing. <laughs> um, Totally. Like I said, I went to actual school through ninth grade. So I took high school shop. I mean, what cool kid didn't? So all the boys took home ec because the teacher was super hot. And then all of us took <laughs> shop class. So I was in shop class with a surprising amount of girls, but mostly guys, old shop teacher. And there was a scroll saw. And one of the projects I made was this puzzle. So I drew a bunch of puppies in a pile together and I thought, oh my gosh, this tool's so great. This puzzle's so cute until you took the puzzle apart and it just looked like dead puppy body parts everywhere. So that was my, that was my first scroll saw project way back when in high school shop class and it looked like a murder scene. <laughs> I think you should bring that back. I really do. I think it needs to revisit. <laughs> I should totally recreate that. Be like, oh, you guys think my scrolling's good now? You should have checked it out in ninth grade. <laughs> did you uh, Did you grow up with siblings? I did. I have two older brothers, and um, neither of them are really associated with Jehovah's Witnesses either. So um, I am not alone in this world. I do have my two big brothers. Um, one of them is actually a Marine. So he's finishing his time at Cherry Point, and then and my other brother was in Atlanta. Awesome. Sorry. Crew <laughs> has uh, so a lot to say about it, too. She does. So do you get to see your other brother when you go to WorkbenchCon? Yes, I've seen Matthew every time I've been in Atlanta, so it's kind of our little hookup. Anytime I'm there for a woodworking event, he's like, all right, when am I going to see you? Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry no don't apologize it's super cute it's just really not good for you know wanting to be done Birth having babies 
important. Um, all right. So past ninth grade or even yeah, past so high school, like what, what was that all like? So like I said, interesting way to grow up. I definitely was finding around like 15, 16 that that was not really the life that I wanted. I just did not agree with those things. And I know we all have that teenage angst, but I truly didn't agree with fundamental values. So I wasn't just mad, you know, I couldn't wear my hair a certain way or crop top out. Oh, excuse you. Even her cough is cute. I don't get it. So that led to my mom saying, if you don't like it, leave. And I literally left. I packed up everything in a 2000 Oldsmobile Alero named Miguel that I bought from a salvage yard with all of my little things, moved, moved in with a friend. But I was totally unprepared for life. At that point, I graduated high school. I was working at McAllister's Deli, Chit Chat Wireless, definitely no making in my life. And was just a little bit lost for a couple years until I go back to the Kingdom Hall because that's what your family's all doing. You think that's the right path. Why did I try and stray from that? I need to get back to that. It's the truth. And I ended up getting married. And that is where I think my life, and I mean, I've shared this too before, but my life hit the lowest point I've ever been at. If there was ever a time I just thought, wow, it wouldn't matter if I you know, no one's calling to check in on you. It just, it wouldn't matter if you were there or not. I never had thoughts further than that, but I just realized how insignificant I felt. And that was a terrible feeling. And it led to some odd times. But the benefit of that is my husband at the time, his dad owned the lumber yard. So we had tools and I turned to those tools when I had no clue what I was doing. I remember I saw an infomercial and if anyone bought a Craig jig off an infomercial it was me literally bought a Craig jig because I didn't have Instagram I didn't know what YouTube was I mean none of this at the time sheltered so so sheltered bought a Craig jig off of an infomercial and made two by four furniture all over my house and it was a very powerful thing because you know my husband at the time my house, my house is getting destroyed holes in the doors, holes in the walls, the furniture was getting thrown, but I could rebuild that. And that I really credit to finding the power to leave in that situation because I was doing things for myself. I could fix that. I could do that. And that's all I needed to know. And I had the confidence that I was trying to find. I mean, way back when I was 16, when I knew fundamentally I didn't agree, but I just hadn't found anything in myself that gave me the power to really leave all of that until that point. And that was a big changing point for me. So I left that marriage with a crappy skill saw miter saw and a Craig jig off an infomercial. And it's really kind of been making ever since in one way or another. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm sorry you had to go through any of that because nobody should have to go through any of that. But I'm glad that making was what gave you the confidence to get out of that situation. It totally did. And I'm finding as I get more and more into it, that the people that I'm closest to and the ones that I connect with the most, they found making through similar circumstances. It's one thing if you have an artistic knack, you know, you're making because it's a talent of yours, but when you're making, because it's literally something that changed your life, 
you can just see a real connection and I'm very grateful to be a part of a community that has so many of that people to share that with. Mm -hmm. What do you, I mean, what do you think it was? um, What do you think it was about making those pieces of furniture that I think into that confidence? Because I think it was the literally building something. I think you were built. I think I sat there for so long and wanted so many things. And I mean, as simple as just the power of using a tool, it really does. It makes you, it ups, <laughs> crucifer. You get more confident in what you're doing, more confident in your decisions, more confident in your skills. It totally gives you an I can do it attitude. And I just, for so long, I think it was just rebuilding broken <laughs> I think it was rebuilding broken things. And then now I don't have to rebuild what's broken anymore. I can build stuff that I want to build. But it's just a total confidence builder. Power tools in general, but also the fact you can make something out of nothing. And I don't think you can beat that. I would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, what... How did you stumble into like the whole Instagram, YouTube world? See, I found, I was just making things, you know, I'm here looking at Pinterest. So it kind of started on Pinterest for me where I would see, you know, Anna Wyatt, Shanty to Chic and all these things. And that's where the Craig Jig came in and these projects. But, you know, I was sharing them with a couple of friends and no big deal. But it was actually when I moved to Tennessee and I met Ashley my old partner from Sawdust Junkies. And she said, you should really get on Instagram. And for some reason, as I, I think an extra Jehovah's witness, the fact that social media had always been off limits for me, which was just my family's choices, not like a general rule with them. But I had never even thought, man, I should get Instagram. So I downloaded this app and it took me a long time to share my face on there. I thought that was really weird. I'd never posted a picture of myself in my life. Like, no, thank you. That's just weird. So I started sharing some things, but then you find this little group of friends. So it was really Ashley who suggested, Hey, let's start this up. Get your stuff on, excuse us, get your stuff on Instagram and see if you can sell some of it. And then that totally took off. I found a whole community but I started actually building like dressers and farmhouse stuff and none of it is still standing. There's no way. I didn't know what Google was, but then I found this scroll saw through some people that I followed on Instagram. And I mean, the rest is just history. I fell in love with that thing. What was it about, um, I mean, why signs versus other things? I love, I'm very artsy. So the big stuff was very fun and that tapped into like building confidence and man, look at this giant thing I made, but it lacked the drawing and the painting and you know, you see the same thing all over. You see the same farmhouse sign all over. And I thought, you know, I think I can do a Lizzie version of that and add a little touch. And scroll sawing is so fun because it taps into all of that artistic stuff that I was missing so I get to do the artsy little things again and that just that's where it's at for me I love building things for myself personally but I am really passionate about taking things that could be ordinary and making them really special and I never expected for that to switch into logos but then you know you start this house of timber and you get this logo and it's just it's so (laughs) 
excuse me. <laughs> and it's awesome. I mean, to like associate yourself with this brand and be the person behind it. So I had done a few logos up until that point, but man, switching to the house of timber was a big motivation for me. It was a brand that I was super proud of. And then I realized the importance of taking that flat piece of paper, this digital file we see, or this little profile picture and turning it into something. And it's very powerful to see something you've created in your shop, on your wall, in your office, outside of your business. It's, I mean, it's just like, it's part of your identity. So I found a passion, especially for bringing logos to life for other people. That's awesome. And you started that with uh, you were doing logos with sawdust junkies, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It actually started, I bought a scroll saw and we did a 500 follower giveaway together and someone won. And I said, Hey, what sign do you want? And it was, Dad, his name's Donovan. His handle now is once upon a workbench, but he used to be the beardless man. And I made his logo, his original logo. And from then it just took off. But that was logo number one. Okay. All right. So, I mean, before posting that stuff kind of on Instagram, I mean, had you ever thought of turning it into a business? I, I had. I, and that was even before I moved to Tennessee. I was um, living in Kansas still at the time in Arc City, and I was working at this engineering company, and I was bringing in signs to paint on the big drafting tables. I was dragging my stuff everywhere, asking, he had a large scale printer, so I'm asking my boss, can I print this, can I print that, and turning these projects into something. Nights and weekends, I was in my one-bedroom apartment, like, sawzawing apart, uh, pallets and I had no clue. Miner saw my miner saw actually lived in my kitchen on the tile because that was easier to clean up sawdust from. I mean, and I thought, man, I should really sell that stuff. And I sold a couple things around to friends and people who knew me. And I realized, you know, my mom is buying this, or my grandma's buying this, or this person and their friends. I wonder what other people would buy these things. So I kind of actually talked to my boss at the time about maybe having a day a week that I could start this little woodworking venture of mine. But that thought actually came to fruition once I moved to Tennessee and just went for it. I decided I'm here. I'm not getting a real job. I'm not sitting at a desk anymore. This is my once just go for it. And I really did. I just went for it. Awesome. I mean, again, I'm, how did you get to the point of, I guess, having that confidence because it takes a lot of confidence just to jump in and be like all right we're doing this it was a lot of confidence but it was also it was also just good timing it was a good life switch I was in a good place at the time that allowed me <laughs> did you get that do I need to translate <laughs> she explained it all yeah she did hello makers today's podcast is sponsored by bad Workwear North America. They are an Australian workwear brand that launched in the U.S. and Canada last fall. I haven't tried the gear yet myself, but have heard great things about their gear from our friends in the maker community, especially women who are excited to find workwear that looks great and fits right. They carry a women's line of items, but based on the slim fit nature of their clothing, all of their line is considered unisex as women have great success sizing down in the men's items and getting a great fit as well. 
If you want to check them out, visit www.badnorthamerica.com and use the code MAKERMOM10 at checkout for 10% off your order. All right, let's get back to the episode. It was just a good place in a good area. Nashville was very trendy, very artsy. It was the right market. And I found a store that I actually was able to get in with and make pieces for her. So starting out, that was honestly great. If you're a maker and you're wondering how to get your stuff out of the door, sign up with a store. I mean, yes, you have to pay commission, but you're using their audience and pay a little commission, but you're not the one always responsible for pushing all of those items. The store does that for you. So that was really a great start. Mm -hmm. And then once your name gets out there a little bit, you can build your own following, your own clients that follow up with you for different things that aren't sold in the store. Hey, I got this from Linen and Rest, but maybe she can make that for me outside of this, or I want this other piece. So I just built up some good contacts from just selling some stuff on commission at a few different places. Okay. Um, but I would assume now it's all driven, I mean, with the logos all driven by Instagram, right? So Instagram has been a big driver. I just completed something I've wanted done for a long time, which is a website. Hasn't launched yet, but it is just in the finishing stages. I hired another maker who is talented in that aspect to build me a previewer and get everything online for me. So I'm not taking any Christmas orders, but that will be launching in 2020. We will be off. But Instagram is an awesome driver. I mean, Instagram is not my job, but I use it as a tool. I can post my signs out there, connect with customers, connect with other makers. I love teaching, so I throw all my tips on there. And it's just a good portfolio for me as well. Mm -hmm. So is, I mean, right now is all of your business around... Well, you said signs in your intro, and then you said baby stuff. What baby stuff you got going on? I make a ton of nursery signs. So when it gets into the drawing and stuff, a logo, I get to be artistic because I get to take something flat and add layers and dimension and unexpected things, switch that plain background that you see on a screen to hardwoods and things like that. But all of my artsy stuff totally is funneled into my nursery signs, which is name signs for babies' rooms other signs that you would hang, any animals that I get to draw, just mm -hmm. super fun stuff like that. Okay. Florals are a good thing for me, so I get to draw all the florals and stack those on some baby girl signs. Cool. Well, perhaps the uh, the puppy murder scene puzzle will come back when crew gets old enough for puzzles. <laughs> totally. It's going to be a bulldog, bulldog smash for baby yes. crew. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> um, okay, so when you first got started with your miter saw uh, and uh, Craig Jig off the infomercial, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. um, was that really the first time you used tools? Yeah, besides high school shop, and it was actually my brother Andrew who had an old um, craftsman scroll saw in our garage. So besides a few things that I would cut out there, that was my first experience with tools was doing stuff around the house and we were remodeling things. So, you know, it was framing stuff behind the wall and the not so pretty builds that I got acquainted with the tools and then started to turn it into some decor and other stuff like that. Okay. 
Was there um, any hesitation with getting started with them? Like anything, uh, fear yeah. or anything to step back from it? Um, fear as in a literal appreciation for the fact I could cut my finger off, but never a fear that I should quit making or not chase the dream. I mean, I've had times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. This one sign is turning out like crap, but if you've ever seen the memes where it talks about a maker's life, it's like, everything is great. I got this. This is looking great. I'm terrible. This is absolute crap. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm getting a job by, oh, actually, I think I can save this. Wait. Okay. Yeah. I can be a maker. This is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Total. Yeah. I've shared, I've shared those before. And to me, that's how I know actually that I'm like on the right path with a, you know, creatively with a piece is I have to have that moment going this looks like complete and total crap dude and and the client is going to hate it (laughs) yes but that's the sign that you're trying new stuff I mean I know what I can do that looks good so I mean yeah I guess I could do that 50 times over but what is the point in that so I totally I tell some makers man I owe you a remake the things I could do now or, you know, the really special people that take a sign with a flaw or something, mm-hmm. you you know, yeah, the edge of your sign, I totally cut through a biscuit or something like that. And yes, you could see it or this epoxy got a little too hot. It's yellowed in this spot, but they love it anyways. Those are the people that help me grow. And I think that's what I'm most grateful for in this business is the people that buy from me are really, they're invested in my life and the what I'm trying to build and when they purchase it they're not just purchasing this flat out product like they would on a shelf I I just feel really connected to the people who are buying things because I feel like they really see that you know their sign bought the dog food that month their sign right. bought <laughs> chase this dream and I mean you guys have seen pay me bitches and the big impact they make I mean I bought a sauce shop 35 bucks at a time and I just, I couldn't do that without these people. Mm-hmm. It's not just on social media. It's a really, I don't know. I just have found this connection. It's very genuine. I'm very, very surprised. That was not what I ever expected by getting on social media, but it's the best part of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, is Instagram it as far as platforms for you or are you branched out into other stuff? I will never have Facebook. I don't know. If Instagram <laughs> have to email me because Facebook I can't handle. I don't even know how to Facebook. I don't know how to use the Facebook. I'm just I'm lost on there. And I thought about trying Pinterest. So I think I might start doing that a little bit. But then I get worried of okay, well my stuff's gonna get stolen more on there. I, I don't know. It's just weird. So for now, Instagram is my main space. But having a website, I think I'll use that a lot more as my space to throw some things on there that I might not show the Instagram world. So I might just might show people who are subscribing to my email that way and mm-hmm. let them know about some sneak peeks and stuff like that. So I'm excited to utilize that tool, but Instagram will probably stay the main social. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to a question that I know people who follow you definitely want to hear. And that is, yes. what's your favorite part about being a mom? I don't She, the fact that ceiling fans are awesome. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things. I think of it, it is so crazy, but I just, I watched this kid and 
I said it before, I don't know what it is about kids. You know, they say kids will change your life, but but maybe you just start noticing the life that's always been there. Maybe nothing's actually changed, but you just got jaded and started missing those things. You know, too many people tell you they love you and then they lie. Too many people promise this and then it doesn't happen. And then you have this innocent thing that relies on you. And they're excited to watch a ceiling fan spin. And that's the best thing is that you just drop all the guards that you've built up and everything that you had a wall around because you just have this innocent creature that's excited to watch a fan spin. And that's mm-hmm. the best thing about it is you get to experience all of that from a happy, open, loving place without any of the past crap. It's just all new and exciting. That's my favorite part. Awesome. Couldn't have said it better myself. um all right well what do you like what do you think is your hardest thing to manage I mean crew is still very little very new (laughs) Uh so what's your biggest thing to to kind of manage or work around with uh still trying to get work done with cuteness there One of my biggest struggles is I'm like a maker to the core. I can throw sawdust and I'm really good with the list, but I'm very bad when I'm the one making that list. I'm really bad at checking my emails. I'm terrible at answering DMs. I mean, the platform is terrible for sorting messages regardless. So I don't think I'm alone in that. But man, I love connecting with my friends and I love answering questions, but if I could just have a magical fairy that made me a list of things to do today and that was just waiting for me in the garage, I could go into the garage, knock that list out killer, but (laughs) that's not how it all works. There's no, there's no magical fairy making my list. So my hardest part is communication. I can get the stuff done, but I'm terrible at updates. I've been awful about just communication in general. That's where I've been slacking. And especially with this kid, that's where I've been slacking. It's more important for me to get something cut than update the person, hey, by the way, I'm cutting. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. That is and, my, that's my weak spot for sure. Well, and that, honestly, that just, like, comes with time, right? Like, again, yeah. crew's, like, super new. I always say it's like right when they hit about 18 months, that's when you feel like, okay, this is my real like new normal. And it feels like you can conquer the world again, you know? Uh Uh-huh. So some sort of stability again, probably. Exactly. And then that's just about the time you have number two. That's Ah. the way it works out. (laughs) No, I didn't want, I didn't really want kids. And now I had her and I need like 12 to 13 more. (laughs) Start with just one more. Just one more at a time. (laughs) I need an oodle. Okay, so have you, or do you feel like you've seen any challenges um, coming into the makerspace being a a woman? You know, I have, and I, I think that I have a little bit of a different view on this. I mean, I've told many, you know, I'm not, I'm not somebody who classifies myself as a boss babe or a boss lady, but I mean, I am a boss. So I think that I go about it differently. I think some of those words sometimes 
contribute to a little bit of the isolation. So I just think you need to encompass all of those things. But like, I march silently in a different way, if that makes any sense. So you'll see me coming and you may be surprised that I'm a little girl, but I'm not going to walk around with a shirt that says, you know, boss babe can do it too. So I just, I like to make my march a little silent and I like to let my work make a big statement, but you're going to run across it. You just have to, I mean, I get it at the lumber yard. They treat you like an idiot when you're trying to buy hardwoods, especially if I'm there with Colt, they look at him, you know, Oh, what are you here shopping for? He's like, I'm not, I'm just loading the car, you know? But I also know that, yes, sometimes I do need help getting plywood in the truck. And sometimes I do need help lifting this. So I'm not afraid to ask for help, but I mean, I'll ask for help from a guy in the aisle or a woman in the aisle. So I think we can all make an impact, but I like to just make mine with my work that I'm putting out and less with my words, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. Let your work talk for itself yes and I do see things changing like I, I really do I mean there's not near enough women's work booths I mean that's a big problem <laughs> that's ridiculous and there's things like that good women's work clothing I mean we all see these issues but I think slowly things are changing and I I love that it's and also younger people I think getting into woodworking at an earlier age and I just think we have a chance to be really cool role models for girls or boys, women, men. I think if you are feeling that difference or you're feeling like you're not being taken as seriously, just stick with it and make your work better. I'm a big fan of if this issue pops up, make your work better. You do you because by working on that, it's going to make a change and people will start to notice. Absolutely. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, I think, I think that has benefits in so many different areas, just focusing on yourself and your work and growing your craft versus worrying about others. Yes. I might not always complain, I guess, about the differences that I see between men and women because I think I'm choosing to make an impact by being a woman that makes awesome things and has the portfolio to show for that and I think that's a little bit of a voice in itself but I'll I mean I'll stick up for any girl that you know has been given the short end of the stick but I just like to really put good work out there mm -hmm. and I'm proud that I'm a woman-owned business I think it's awesome I can't wait for crew to grow up knowing that her mom ran this woodworking business for however many years mm -hmm. I, more and more we are helping to normalize that so although I still do see these things, I also recognize a change and I'm excited about the changes that I'm seeing. Yeah. And you just gave me the perfect segue into my next question, which was oh. gonna, which is going to be to ask, what do you uh, hope that, you know, crew learns from watching you make and watching you own your own business? That happiness isn't defined by an amount of money or education and neither is success. I want her to see that, you know, the last schooling I took was getting my diploma when I was 16 years old. But look at everything I've built and the life I've sustained with her and, you know, any future siblings in it just doing what I loved. And I think that 
that's going to be awesome for her to realize that there's a passion out there that she has that is an education or a nine to five job that she can actually make it happen. And I'm hoping that, you know, she'll have the tools to break into that world a little easier than I did or someone else has to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I also want to ask too, like, I mean, you're definitely passionate about like the, the logos and, and the sign work and stuff. So do you, I mean, do you see that in the foreseeable future or are there other things that you're kind of like have your eye on that you might want to venture into? I think that there is always going to be a need for, I mean, there's always going to be babies brought into the world and there's always going to be businesses with people behind them. So I love those, but I would in the future, like, you know, especially the logos be limited to the type of logo I'm passionate about. I would like to be able to grow my brand in the direction. And I mean, that's not every single job. So I would like the ability to take that. But I also have such an artistic side. I think in the future, we'll start to see a lot more things that I've drawn and I'm passionate about putting out some of my custom work, you know, that someone didn't order. I'd like to have collections Mm -hmm. Just a thing that I've drawn and I've created. I have so many ideas in my head, but, you know, until a customer comes along with an order at this point, I'm not able to take the extra time to make those things. So in mm -hmm. the future, I'd like to put more of my art out there into the world. But I think I will always keep incorporating that into logos and nurseries. But in the future, I think I'd like to solely put some more of that stuff out there. I'm sure you will get there. I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever in that. Um, all right, so I'm going to give you a chance now, and it's okay if you uh, end up, you know, being, feeling put on the spot and can't name anybody, but um, are there any maker mamas you want to give a shout out to? Um, Pearl and Pine. She pops into my head. Like one of the things first off, we talk a lot and she has a relatively new business, but she is super talented and she does it with three girls. And I mean, there's so many other moms that pop into my head, but just her and I, we've been chatting a lot recently. And I think like anybody starting out, they doubt, you know, I can't use that tool or I, I don't know, what, should I really get this table saw? But I see her really starting to invest in herself and her business. And I just think that she's going to do some really big things. So hopefully this, she can get a little confidence boost knowing that I think her stuff is killer. You should definitely go check her out. And I'm inspired by the fact she does it with three kids running around like crazy. <laughs> yeah. there. I had one mom on the uh, podcast who had eight and I was kind of like, yeah, I have to bow down to that. Cause that's just, I, can't imagine. I think at that point I just lay on the floor and hope that they could feed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> says says the just, woman who just said she wants 12 or 13 more. Just saying. You know, <laughs> touché, touché. Um, all right. So one more time, Lizzie, let's uh, give people how to find you on Instagram in case they're yeah, not following so you. Just go to the House of Timber, and that is with T-H-E in the beginning, and 
hopefully within the next few weeks here, or even a few days, I will have a website up, which is thehouseoftimber.com. So you can find me in both places. Awesome. All right. Again, that was Lizzie and crew of the House of Timber. And crew has grown so much since this episode first aired as episode 60. So I will still put up show notes for this week's episode and uh, give you links on how to follow along with Lizzie if you're not already doing so. All right. If you are loving the podcast, especially now that there are two episodes a week with Wednesdays, being the Wonder Women segment and Fridays being the traditional Maker Mom uh, episode. If you are just loving that and you want to help support the podcast, well, there's a couple different ways you can do that. The easiest way and costs you absolutely nothing at all is to make sure that whatever uh, software or app you are listening to your podcast on, that you hit that subscribe button. And then, if you're not listening on iTunes, if you could still go over to iTunes and write an awesome five-star review of the podcast, that also helps a bunch. It helps get the podcast um, noticed and get more people to listen to it so that all of these amazing women can have their stories shared with more and more people. All right, so that's the first way. The second way is you can join the tribe over on Patreon. So just go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Maker Mom Podcast, and that's where you can find it. There are actually four different tier levels now. There's a $1, $3, and $5 a month tier level with uh, goodies at all the different levels there. And then there is a new, brand new $30 level with limited spaces for those of you who might want to take your love of the podcast even further and be a sponsor of the podcast. So you will get a whole bunch of extra goodness and love if you pick that option, trust me, plus extra merch. So all kinds of goodies. So you can go over to Patreon and check that out. Now, the third and last option, if you're just loving the podcast, is to buy a Maker Mom podcast tea. And you can do that by going to freemanfurnishings.com, which is my uh, furniture home decor business and website. So go to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash shop, hit um, apparel, and there is the Maker Mom tea. And the one that is up right now has the full mom squad for the first 65 episodes listed on the back so it makes it even extra special and then of course there's always sharing and blasting out on all of the social media how much you love this podcast that also helps all right folks well it is friday technically late thursday evening when this is going out uh, but friday for most of you when you're listening to this i hope you have safe healthy and happy weekends Hope you get to make something and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.